We live in a world where you can friend someone with one little click. But the women we talk to report feeling more isolated and alone than ever. It's time to get honest about the loss of connection in our modern world. You're listening to Honest Women, the podcast for every woman who's trying to juggle the relationships, roles, and responsibilities that come with modern womanhood and finding it all just a little harder than she thought it would be. We're your hosts, Andrea Berkeley and Jessica Hutchison, your new besties who just happen to be therapists. And while we believe that life is hard and there's no tip or trick that will solve that, it does get just a little bit easier when we can be real with each other and talk about it honestly. You're listening to Honest Women. Okay, here's the truth of the matter. Every single week, actually every single day, we hear statements that allude to this profound loneliness that women are feeling. Every single day. Every day. Every hour. Every hour of every day. Yeah. Okay. When's the last time you heard the phrase, it takes a village to raise a child? Another thing I feel like we hear every single day. Do you remember the first time you heard that phrase? No, I feel like it's this statement that just lives inside my brain that I constantly hear and argue against, to be honest. (laughs) See, that's so funny because I don't know exactly when the first time I heard that phrase was. I feel like it was from the 90s. Shout out to people who had memories in the 90s. Love the 90s. But I feel like that was just a thing that came out. And so for whatever reason, my little like 10-year-old brain was like, wow, that is profound. That is profound. And I've just accepted it as truth ever since. Now it's like gospel. It takes the village. Well, so here's my argument in my head. I just disagree with it. Not necessarily disagree with it. Let me explain. I think that it should include more. I don't think that it just takes a village to raise a child. I think it takes a village to simply survive in this world. Oh, girl. Yeah. This is when if I were the person who snapped, I would do snappies right now. Mic drop. You were in a, were you in a sorority? I was. Don't judge me. Did you do snaps? Oh, you did. Yes. Right. See, I forgot about that. I mean, we did this ridiculous like ditto gesture that was silent. So, girl, I'd snap to that. It takes a village to be alive. It does. And then here is where I get frustrated inside and outside of my office, right? So both Mm -hmm. personally and professionally is it seems like everybody's lost their village or has no idea what a village actually is, what Mm -hmm. that looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that usually when people come into our office or at least into my office, I feel like women are usually looking to their partners to be like the whole village Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. shockingly finding that that is not enough. Doesn't work. For one person who happens to be a man to do everything. Because a village isn't one person. Mm -mm. It's not Mm -mm. this one person. And I'm glad you brought up marriages because this is something I think I've talked about with every couple I ever have worked with is Mm -hmm. how the lack of a village and especially for women. In fact, I think a village is so important for women. Mm -hmm. And if we look at it from a historical standpoint and and how women have turned to one another for support. Mm -hmm. And now what do we see in this modernized world is I see a lot of wives turning to their husbands in that couple setting or to their partners for that whole sense of a village and community. And it fails every single time, not because their partner is not worthy, but because one person can't be a whole village. 
A hundred percent. Also, I just made a face because to be fair, men don't seem to know the things that women seem to know in terms Mm -hmm. of how to support one another and what needs to be done and that kind of stuff. That's for a different time, I guess. (laughs) But yeah, it doesn't really tend to go well with just that one person. And you know, a lot of people used to have, and I feel like there's a very sharp line between the women who have supported their extended family, like grandma's in town and she comes over. Oh yeah, my mom comes over and she watches the kids like three days a week and then I go and I can do my errands or whatever. And then the women who don't have that. Oh yeah. I mean, a bright line between those two camps. And so for many of us, myself included, just not having that on-call, readily available parental or even grandparental or aunts or uncles, like extended family support is another way that we've lost our village. Oh, big time. How many of us out there have to pay for our village? Um, Yeah. Uh, and I do. I do too. Happily. I'm like, take everything. I have to. I know. I'm like, <laughs> here's a direct link to my bank account. You can have it all because without you, I won't survive. Right. Please. I just need someone I can rely on. Yes. I can't do it all myself, right? No. But man, oh, the, the pressure that puts on then on childcare too, right? Oh, that's a Which, whole other level. That's a, that is a whole other level. And then there's just, I feel like, you know, beyond the help – There's just the community aspect, right? Yes. I might be romanticizing. I have been accused of that before, for sure. But I just imagine that there was a time in human history where people were just together. Mm. They just made meals together and they raised the babies together and they did, I don't know, the crops together and they fought the tigers together. Like, I don't know what human history is like, but I just think that there was a sense of being together. And I don't know about you, but my life moves so friggin' fast that mm-hmm. I, there's this really funny meme going around right now, which I'm going to totally butcher it, but it says something like, ladies, what do we want? True connection. When do we want it? I don't know. Next week doesn't work. Not after 9 p.m., you know? It's so true. Yeah, we want. We want that friendship. We want that closeness. But oftentimes, the closest that we can get to that is that friend that you know you can text with all day long. And God bless it when you have that person, but a lot of us don't even have that person. Well, here's the thing is if you have that person, you also have to assume that that person is doing okay and doesn't need the support of you or somebody else. Right. So when we have this singular relationship where it's one person to one person, whether it be a really close friendship or a marriage, in order for it to function, one person has to be okay when the other person is not okay and vice versa. Right. But if both people are struggling, Mm. who's there to help you up? Totally. Well, and who's there to keep the ship running, right? Yes. We've experienced this in the last few weeks. I had a ton of stuff going on. It was like disaster after disaster. And girl, you showed up for me. You sent my family a meal. It friggin' made my day, helped us to get through the night, which is what we needed. And it also helped me feel loved and supported. But shit, I don't know if you needed something that week because I was not there to give it. And you still had your whole life to run. Barely even remember that week. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Probably for good reason. Honestly, I think in the moment it was so great to be able to say, hey, can I send you this meal? Because truly, let's be honest, let's break it down here. It didn't take any emotional support. It Mm. didn't take anything other than ordering it online, paying for it. And even your husband went to pick it up. I didn't even deliver it because we don't live super close. 
So to me, it's also being able to recognize what we can and cannot do at a time. But I also will recognize and say, thank goodness that landed as support for you because at that moment, it was kind of what else can I do? Right. How else can I support her? I can't come over and take over household chores or getting the kids ready for school. All of those things that I do believe we were able to do for one another when we had more of a sense of community and village that we just simply can't do anymore Mm -hmm. or don't know how. Yes, that's it. Don't know how. So I think that then what happens, and I know you've talked to me about this before, is that when you rely on a partner for everything and inevitably that partner comes up short, best partner in the world is going to come up short. Every single time. Yep. And you don't have family support or extended family support and you don't have this like big broad network of friends. What we end up doing is then taking everything onto our own shoulders Mm -hmm. and then we wonder why we're so friggin' miserable. Mm-hmm. And we're so miserable. We end up with these totally unrealistic expectations on our own shoulders of what we're supposed to do and be able to do. And this leads us to that be more, do better content, right? Oh, I'm drowning oh, in my life. So I'm going to go to Instagram and some expert's going to tell me, hey, you just need to be like more efficient in these ways. Yeah. And that's not the answer. No, no, it's not the answer. One Can we throw out the idea of being able to do it all or that, remember the saying, I feel like I learned it when I was a kid, when I was a lot younger. So probably the 90s, women can have it all. Oh, Uh the 90s were so bad for sayings. So bit and for like lots of things, but <laughs> I feel like that's what we're learning in this episode. No, this is this is it. This is the episode. The nineties were bad for sayings. Like really bad. And we are all suffering from it. Yeah. We are all suffering. But that whole idea that women can have it all, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it to everybody. You actually can't, depending on what your definition of all is. Yeah. And if it's the best mom who signs up for the PTO or is the class mom while Mm. also running a business or working two jobs to support their family, being the best partner, being the best friend, being the best daughter, that is impossible. It is impossible. It's not all supposed to come from the same person. It would be worthy to look at what a village is, right? what it could be. Mm -hmm. I'm like just envisioning this group of people where one of my kids could come up and be like, I need support right now. And I'd be like tapped out. And I I would just be like, oh, that's not me today. You're going to have to go to Mama Sarah and Mama Sarah can help you today. Because Mama Andrea is not, you know, or like, you know, go to the person who knows how to be organized or go to the person who can drive you. That's what I'm envisioning right now, this group of people who has different skill sets or different capacities or different, you know, whatever, and could meet those needs. But now it's supposed to be like us. Us. Just me. Just you. And we own that. Mm -hmm. We almost as women have a hard time, me included, saying, here's what I'm really good at. And here's just not what my strength is Mm -hmm. as a human being, Mm -hmm. not because I'm not good enough or worthy, but because it is just not a strong suit of mine. And I see that kind of rat race with women all the time where it's so-and-so's mom did this or wife did this, and Mm. then the woman takes it on themselves. Well, I have to do that too. Right. Right. Girl, there's not time for that. There's not. And there's not skill for that. There should be a whole group of people who do that. 
okay, so if it takes a village to survive, what does that mean to you? What does that even mean, a village? A village is, to me, people who you know you can turn to, but based on the need. So whether it is, I really need somebody to pick up my kids today because I just got caught up, or I really just need to vent to you about something I'm really struggling with right now, and I know you're going to understand, or I really need a break. Mm -hmm. Can you come watch my kids or can we trade? Yes. (laughs) Trade kids. Yes. I think you're uncovering something really meaningful for me there. A village would be people that care about us. Oh, yeah. That care about me, that care about my marriage, that care about my kids. I I need that. I do too. You know? There's the practical tactical, which a hundred percent is necessary. Help me get this there, when, who, what, you know, all those things. But then there's that emotional sense of like people who care. People who care and want to step in and are willing to help shoulder the burden of life. Which I think is one of the hard things right now is Mm -hmm. if everybody is running on empty, Mm. which we see every single day in our offices, almost to the point where I hear it so often, it's almost hard not to chuckle, not from like a laughing at, but being like, girl, preach. (laughs) You are woman number 15 to walk (laughs) in this office and make that statement this week alone. Mm -hmm. And we have to acknowledge that it is hard to create that village when everybody's burnt out. Right. Yes. Overloaded, under-resourced, just fried crispy. (laughs) Fried crispy. Yes. I like to say like that burns my toast. No, what I really say, what we really say is I've got no fucks left to give. Mm -hmm. Also Mm -hmm. just like no hours, no minutes, no like money, like no stuff. I got we got nothing left to give. We have nothing left to give. We're just kind of like surviving because again, we're in this position where we're trying to do it all ourselves. Yeah. And it's just not working. It's just not working. You know, it's interesting when we reach a tipping point as a society, people assume it's a new problem, not seeing how long it's been a problem. Mm. If you look back and truly look back where women just became really, really empowered and started to run businesses. And I mean, if we go all the way back to voting, my gosh, right? Right. Or just working outside the home. But what you don't see is society compensate for that and Mm -hmm. step in and say, Okay, so now this one person is doing more in this area. Where do we balance it out? Mm-hmm. How does husband or dad step up and do more in order to rebalance what now the woman is out doing? Mm-hmm. And you don't see that balance very often. And I think we do have to acknowledge society in general, these imbalances in order to figure out how to create a balanced village mm-hmm. in our world. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, like you said, it's not even a balance that can be achieved between two people. No. We've faced these major societal shifts, women going to work during Second World War and then becoming more Mm -hmm. independent. But what that meant was a loss of community. Yes. Like women being split between working in their homes, again, as we've said often, a full friggin' time job, one of the hardest ones out there, and women working outside the homes, that means that there just isn't that same group that was available. Yes. Divorce becoming a thing that was popular and still popular. I don't know. Yeah. Unfortunately, I feel like that popularity continues to go. Maybe, maybe yeah. we've reached our tipping point. Yeah. Divorce just becoming like a thing that people did. 
that really upset this intergenerational connection that we had in our families. Also, women going to college. And we travel all over the country to go to college, to get a job. We don't stay in our hometowns anymore. No. So we just, as a society, have really morphed from having all of these ways to be in community to just not being in community. And there's no amount of rebalancing between just two people, again, that's going to fix that. Exactly. So I guess, you know, if a woman is listening to this and saying, okay, I'm sold. I need a village. Like I know this deep in my soul. I want this. You know, the first thing before you jump into like how, who, what, where, when is can we just acknowledge that the fact that you don't have one is not your fault? Mm. Yes. You did not change our society over the last 70, 80, 90, 100 years. That's not on you. It's not your fault that you graduated high school and were allowed to go to college far away from home and have to start over and then left in four years and moved to get a job and had to start over. And then maybe you moved again and you know you don't really keep touch with your family because there was a divorce or an estrangement and you're just out here trying to do it alone. Maybe you have a job outside of your home now so you don't get to hang out with the moms that are working in their homes. This is not on you. Mm -mm. This is a thing that happened to you. And it's actually a thing that happened to all of us. So first and foremost, I think we have to start there. This is not on you. It's not your fault. Mm -hmm. I think we have to say, yes, this is not your fault, while simultaneously saying, so how do we shift it? And not from a standpoint of, here's another thing you need to do. I want to be clear in that. This Mm -hmm. is not another thing to put on our plates or to-do list, but I think we do have to acknowledge the importance of having a village Mm -hmm. within our communities and how not having one as a society has hurt us as humans. Okay. I can't believe I'm going to do this. I'm going to challenge you right now. Ooh, do. I know it's getting spicy. I, okay. Oh, I hate putting something on people's to-do list. I do. But Mm -hmm. like, if we're going to acknowledge that this is really important and this is a thing that you need, not because you're needy, but because you're human, you are going to have to do something. It's going to have to go on your to-do list. Oh, I hate to say it. Did you just give somebody something to do? I did. Damn it. I did it. No, it's okay. You can do that. I did. I did that because we can't, it's not going to come to you, ladies. It's not. It's not going to show up at your doorstep. We can sit here going, it's not my fault. And this is really important. And it's not something that I'm responsible for not having, but it's also something that I'm going to have to work to get. Yes. So like what, what would that look like? Yeah. Well, I think I see it as, I don't know that our generation, I don't know, generation X, kind of millennial, who knows, right? Where everybody falls. It took a long time truly Mm -hmm. to lose the village and it's going to take a long time to create a village. Mm -hmm. And I personally sometimes look at it as I'm on the forefront, right? Like I'm on the battlefield for my kids to say, what can I do or what can I model or what can I create to help my daughter Mm -hmm. not feel like this when she is here? What can I do? And I think one thing that I am trying to become better at is acknowledging the need for help. Yeah. Not easy. Mm -mm. Not easy to say, 
I actually can't do all of this on my own Mm -hmm. and then remind myself that it's not because I'm not a good enough wife, mother, therapist, friend. It's because it's just, it's too much. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in order to ask for help, you have to have some people in your life. And so I think it does come down to like, I don't know, you got to put yourself out there, girl. Mm -hmm. You got to be friendly to your neighbor. Oh, yeah. Um, I am like a huge, huge fan of the like drop my children out of the side door drop off line situation. Like I don't want, Uh I don't want to get out of the car. I don't want to do that. It's hard, but I can't meet anybody if I don't get out of the car, you know? Yeah. So when there's an opportunity to get out of the car and like check out the other moms at the preschool drop off, you got to do it. Or maybe you go to the social event that like your school or your church or your neighborhood puts on, even if you're an introvert like me and like literally your favorite thing is not making plans and your second favorite thing is canceling plans. Maybe you just have to go. You put yourself out there, you meet people and then you show up for them. Yeah. It's interesting when you talk about that introvert. I'm pretty extroverted, but I call myself an introverted extrovert because I really like to be alone, but I also like to be social. And it's interesting because I think that as an extrovert, what I've had to realize is I can talk to anybody and everybody. I truly can. It doesn't make me nervous to go up to somebody and start a conversation. But what I struggle with is having deeper conversations with somebody. So I can talk to 100 people easily but it can be very, very surface level. And then I leave exhausted. And even though I just talked to 100 people, I'm tired and feel alone Mm -hmm. because there's no substance Mm -hmm. to the conversation. Yeah. You could be like me and just find like one person at an event. And I mean, I can talk to people. This is like a total misperception about introverts versus extroverts. I can talk to people. I literally do this all day long, but I'm more likely at a social event to like find one person and like get real deep with them. Which might also be awkward. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome, society. Oh, see, that's great. See, that's where I need to be more introverted. (laughs) I just am like walking around the room and everybody thinks I'm so social and bubbly. And it's like, no, I actually am. But it's harder to sit in the corner and have a deep conversation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, and you know what is the nice thing, Jess, is that yes, we want to get to the point where we really know and really like and really care for people and they really know, like, and care for us. But- that's also not totally required to start building your village no. because that village is going to include people that you're super close to, like your partner, your besties, family members, if you're lucky. It's also going to include people that you just generally enjoy. You know, like I can think of some people in our school community that for whatever reason, we just, we don't get together. We don't make plans. But whenever I see one of these women at the basketball game or at a school event, I'm so friggin' happy to see her and just talk to her and catch up oh, with totally. her. Yep. It's going to include people too who like, maybe I don't chat chat with a lot, but I would bring them a meal if I found out that they were in health trouble or just neighbors that you're like, um, hey, our kids are all going to the same place. Can we carpool? You know? So I feel like Maybe part of this is also realizing that because a real village is going to include different levels of relationship, Yes, not everybody that we're connected to has to be our best friend. You don't even have to like be that interested. Nope. You don't have to like vibe with someone to be able to show up for them in an appropriate way. Exactly. Well, I think part of it is also just knowing who to go to for what. 
And it's okay to have that friend that you just call when you want to just go out and laugh about really ridiculous things and not talk about anything deeper. Or that friend you can call to say, hey, I know you're going to understand this experience because you've gone through a similar experience. And I find that so much of that loss of village also comes from expecting somebody to understand something that they simply can't. But when we're able to see that relationship for what makes it good mm-hmm. and great, mm-hmm. we can expand our network. You're so right, girl. Sometimes because we don't have this broader village, we can look to one single friend to meet all of our needs and they can't. So similarly to not expecting your partner to meet all of your needs, you can't expect one single friend to meet all your needs, which is why we need a wide net. Cast it, girls. Don't use a fishing pole. Use a net. Bring them all in. Throw them in the boat, you know? (laughs) And you're not going to keep every fish you throw in. You're going to catch some seaweed. God knows what else you're going to catch, but it's like you're going to catch some fish if you cast a wide enough net. You sure are. And some are going to be your most favorite fish, a delicious fish. And some of them are going to be just like fine bait fish. It's fine. You're like, I don't know if I'm going to try that again, but it it was okay. You know, I love this metaphor and I just want everyone out there to know that if you're sitting there wondering if you're a bait fish or a delicious dish fish, that's not what that was about. We just got a little sidetracked. (laughs) You are all delicious fishes and I would love to catch you in my net. Actually, you know what? We're casting a big old wide net right here. We are. Because if you're listening to this podcast, you are part of the Honest Women community and- You're part of our village. You're part of our village and we want to be part of yours. And that's why we're going to be here every single week having these conversations so that we can start to feel connected to one another. So to the woman who is totally bought in that, yes, she needs a village and she's not blaming herself for not having one anymore, I just want to say keep trying, keep reaching out, keep connecting, throw that net, girl. It's worth it. And I want to say to the woman who feels alone or doesn't feel like she has a village, I want you to think about this idea of superwoman. And are you trying to be superwoman? And if so, mm-hmm. what can you let go of and let somebody else in? And keep showing up for other people too. It's worth it. You've just finished an episode of the Honest Women Podcast. We are so honored that you would spend this time with us. We have so much more where this came from and don't want you to miss a minute. So please, right now, take a second to follow the show. While you're there, leave us a five-star rating and a review. It's the best way to help other women find our show so they can join the conversation. And if you have a friend who could use a little more honesty in her life, and who couldn't, send this episode directly to her. Actually, send this episode to anyone you want to. Everyone's welcome here. We'll be back next Wednesday speaking some truth and feeling some feels. Until then, hang in there, ladies. This has been Honest Women.